You know, when I was a child, fear the fro listeners, I attended school like most of you, unless you're one of those weirdos who got homeschooled. No judgment, though. This isn't a place of judgment. It's a place of acceptance where all Cavalier fans can come together. Anyway, I went to school like most of you probably did. And occasionally they brought motivational speakers in to inspire us and teach us how if we put our mind to things, we can be anything we want. There was one particular person who spoke to an auditorium full of children who all these years later, I still have not forgotten. His name was Mr. Mac and he touched my penis. Mr. Mac touched my penis. No, I'm kidding. I didn't get molested at school. I got molested painting a birdhouse in some neighbor's backyard. Yeah, that feels good, doesn't it? It didn't feel good. It felt gross. Very gross. And there was a photo shoot. Now, I'm going to take a picture to remember the day we spilled the paint. I'm kidding. We didn't photograph me naked with paint all over me. We took the photos before the painting. Lies! They're all lies for a podcast! Don't listen to me. That was just a bit of misdirection. The man's name was Jared. He was from Subway. No, I did not get molested by him either. It was John Foppy. He was the speaker. Totally unfuckable, by the way. I don't even know how one would do it. You may not have heard of him. He might be dead by now, for all I know. But a quick YouTube search revealed to me that at least his legacy lives on. Because what this man overcame was something which seems relevant to tonight's game. You see, John Foppy was born with no arms. He came into the world with a one in a million chance of survival, and he went on to lead a very full, rich life. In fact, he could do things without arms that a lot of people with arms can't even do. Drive, for example. My wife could learn a thing or two from John Foppy. I kid, of course. My wife can drive perfectly fine. She drives herself, and then she also drives for me from the passenger seat. But moving forward in a way that won't get me in trouble with a very emotionally volatile pregnant woman, back to John Foppy. John Foppy could do things like open a can of soda with his feet. He could drive a car with his feet. It wasn't just that he had the toe dexterity that did not seem humanly possible, but he could also get his leg all the way up to a counter height table with a soda can sitting on top of it and grab it with the arch of his foot. It was unbelievable. Now you may be wondering, what does this have to do with the Cavaliers and the Bucks, a game we witnessed tonight? Well, see, the thing is some people can do amazing things without the use of a left arm. And then there's Giannis, who despite already being one of the best basketball players on this earth, gets to use his left arm with absolute impunity, and so I call for drastic measures. We need to remove his left arm entirely, because that is seemingly the only way which we will be able to stop him. Don't mistake this for me blaming the loss on officiating. It's just a little salt on the wound. We shot like shit. Six for 43 from outside the arc. You cannot have a 19 free throw deficit to the Bucks and expect to overcome that type of performance, regardless of a career night from Jared Allen or an otherworldly effort from Donovan Mitchell. But it doesn't help. And the fact that the Cavaliers lost this game by only eight points is a fucking miracle. A John Foppy-esque miracle. Nobody would have given us a chance at less than a double-digit loss and yet here we are, armless, driving a car, managing to get between point A and point B with just a narrow eight-point loss. This was an effort to be proud of.
I am proud of Jared Allen and his career-high 30 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, and just 2 misses. I am proud of Donovan Mitchell and how in his first game back, he came out and stuffed the box score. But more importantly, in the first half at least, he was getting his while still involving the other guys and getting them good looks. I'm not proud of the shooting, but I'm proud of Craig Porter Jr., who despite not getting a large quantity of minutes until the game seemed to be slipping out of reach in the fourth quarter, came out and gave us 14 points and some very bold, aggressive, fearless play, including going right at Brooke Lopez. And I am proud of Isaac Okoro, who despite a quiet box score, played very aggressive basketball and made some big buckets in big moments. Tristan Thompson, you're a peach too. We'll get to all of that. But first, I'm running the anthem back because apparently Jared Allen is just going to give us career night after career night until the end of time. Did we talk about Draymond Green straight up for Jared Allen? Just straight Woo! up. Take Draymond. Just a straight uh, up trade. I was trying to think who would say no to that. And fuck I, you, Bill. I think Golden State. <laughs> I'm the definition of endless pro love. Stacking dubs. J.A., that's what's up. Trade the fro. Oh, fuck no. Suggest that shit and you gots to go. Dimes and dunks on top of pulse. Second chance rebounds piling up in chunks. Gorgeous. He's still here. You're witnessing the best. Between him and the rim, you're about to get wrecked. Called him soft, you dudes are lost, and you wanted him out. He's the secret soul. Now it's Oosh. just him. We don't even have mobile. I deserve to be blown. You apologize and blow me. Get it right, man. Jared was the key. Yes, sir. Big to big action, wrecking pick and roll D. It's official. Your trade talk was dumb. Cavs win. Shut down the trade machine, you fucking bum. He ain't going nowhere. He ain't going nowhere. He can't be stopped now. He's a Cavs boy for life. Career night for the Fro. Welcome to the Fear the Fro podcast, a podcast which seems more properly named every evening. Programming announcement to begin this thing. I am trying to enhance this listening experience with every subsequent podcast. So I've added a new feature to my podcast's webpage at CavsPod.com. I would encourage you to use it. I know some people do mailbags. I have not yet done that because I was trying to figure out a way to make it a more all-inclusive auditory experience than me just reading your questions. One, because I struggle reading. I'm a stupid man, and there's a reason I'm behind a microphone. But secondly, I want to hear your voices. I want to hear you included in the podcast. So if you go to CavsPod.com, there's a button on the side that says Talk to Bob. If you click that, you can record yourself asking a question sharing an opinion, etc. 90-second time limit. I will then edit those, include those in this podcast, assuming it's not just a bunch of people telling me that they wish I was molested during my youth. If they're productive, if they add to the discourse, if I disagree with them vehemently, or if I agree with them, I will put them in the podcast. So thank you in advance for participating. Now to the game tonight. This may be the most positive I have felt after a loss in any, I mean, I generally dread coming on after a loss, but tonight is a win disguised as a loss for this Cavalier squad because there is very little to hang your head about. We know the story of tonight. This game is a victory if we shoot just even marginally respectably. Last game, Isaac Okoro, George Yang, and Karis Levert combined to go 14 for 26 from outside the arc. Tonight, 
Those same men combined to go 0 for 7. In fact, all of the wings, basically. Karis Levert, George Yang, Dean Wade, Max Struess, Isaac Okoro, they went 1 for 16. Now the shooting was one thing. It sucked. It was terrible. Even even our highlight player, Donovan Mitchell, for as proficient as he was on the evening, the proficiency was almost entirely on the interior. He did not make a three-pointer until the Cavaliers had rattled off seven consecutive misses. He was the only one to knock one down, and it came at the end of the first quarter. But this first half of Cavalier basketball was exceptional, and a 37-point first quarter that was almost entirely on the back of Jared Allen was amazing. I can't think of a better way to come into this evening than seeing Jared Allen score 16 of the Cavaliers' first 28 points without a miss. Over his last three games, we have now seen Jared Allen average 24 points, 17 rebounds, and six assists. I want to put that in historical context for you with a full erection. Every single milestone Jared Allen breaks gets more and more rare. You may be asking yourself, who, who, Bob, has done this before? There are only three other men in the history of the game, and two of them were on the court tonight. Jared Allen being one of them, Giannis being the other. In 2020, he strung together three incredible games in a row in which he scored over 30 points in every single one of them and over 15 rebounds in every single one of them to go along with two six-assist performances and a nine-assist performance. Certainly, his slightly more impressive than Jared Allen. Then you have Wilt Chamberlain, who did it eight times over the course of his career. And finally, in 1961, Elgin Baylor. So it is rarefied air that our franchise big man is entering. And I hope that you all begin to put that prefix on Jared Allen's name, franchise big man, not just our center, not Evan Mobley's handcuff. No, Jared Allen is a star in and of his own right. And if he hasn't scrubbed from your memories the disappointment of that Knicks series, well, that's understandable. It will stick with me too. But if he hasn't at least diminished it, a little uh, magic eraser made it fade so you can barely see it, well, then you are a miserable twat. And I encourage you to focus on what is good in this world, and that is Jared Allen. Oh my God, look at that twat. Anyway, moving on. In addition to Jared Allen opening the game nine for nine from the floor and showing us an array of moves around the rim, we saw a jump stop and a switch from his right to left hand on a hook. We saw multiple elbow jumpers. He hit at least four shots from 15 feet and out of those 30 points. 24 of his were in the paint. But the other six... Oh my god, look at that twat. Whoops, wrong button. Splish splash, fuckface. Just letting that run out. Okay, I understand my editing could use work, but I'm excited. Alright, I'm excited. Now the main issue for the Cavaliers, as I saw it, early in the game, is that two things were happening. Giannis was attacking, and initially, it felt like Allen was winning that battle. He was contesting shots. You saw Giannis try to sell some whistles that didn't go his way. One in particular where Allen managed to block him from behind at the rim, causing a jump ball, and Giannis was rattled. He wanted a foul. He was complaining pretty vehemently. But as time kind of went along, those whistles shifted, and I already spoke about it in the pre-open, but there was two fairly egregious calls. Um, Well, maybe three. 
I mean, we saw Giannis use his inside elbow multiple times. One in the second half where he actually knocked Jared Allen over and the referees just allowed it. And that was tough because it resulted in a flush from Giannis. And again, later in the game, did the same thing, fell over. They called a foul on Jared Allen. We challenged it uh, and we lost. His inside arm usage, whether it be extending it to try to give himself some clearance to go up or just hooking people when he's trying to get drives, it's something that we have to contend with. I don't like it. It's grifty. There's a lot of grifters in this league. I don't want to make that the focus of this podcast, but use a bitch a few of those plays in a row and it kind of seemed to shift the momentum. Now, Tristan Thompson got in in the second quarter and brought the energy we've come to expect. The end of the night line was not loud and almost all of his minutes came in that first half, but he gave us a couple of offensive boards, six rebounds and got right into Portis's face, followed up his tough talk with a floater, which accounted for his only two points in this game, but propelled us to a 15-point lead midway through the second quarter. The problem then was that Beasley started splashing corner threes and Middleton, he got two steals that we basically gave right to him. So they turned into transition buckets fairly easily. A couple of reckless turnovers in the second quarter, some hot shooting from Malik Beasley, who has been fantastic this whole season as a bargain bin signing and finished the game with five three-pointers tonight. I'm pretty sure I, I don't have the stat written down in front of me, but I think he hurt, he hit five of his first six three-pointers. So by the time we made it to halftime, we were only up by seven points because Giannis closed it on some free throws, which were questionable. I mean, he just pretty much sprinted into Jared Allen and fell over, and they called it on Jared Allen. I don't know what to do with that, but that made it a seven-point deficit, and then they came out of halftime on a 12-2 to run in which they were getting basically whatever they wanted. That propelled them into the lead, and despite Okoro stealing it back just moments later, Nine minutes left in the third quarter was the final time that the Cavaliers would lead during this game. It is hard to feel too bad about this performance, in part because my favorite Cavalier had a career night. Absolutely does uplift me a little bit. But secondarily, because even the things that I didn't like, it kind of felt like one of those things specifically was Craig Porter Jr.'s minute allotment. We went to him briefly in the first quarter, and then we didn't see him again until later in the third quarter. But JB seemed to realize that the man needs minutes, and he fears no one because the fourth quarter and our almost comeback belongs to Craig Porter Jr. 14 points to pace the Cavaliers in the fourth, and his six buckets came in a litany of ways. Twice, he finished over Brooke Lopez going to the rim. A third time, he finished with Lopez riding his back in transition. Hit a top-of-the-key pull-up on Chris Middleton. Drove into two defenders in the lane. Portis and I believe Bochamp finished over both of them. And maybe the most impressive big dick shot of the night from Craig Porter Jr. was watching him hit a three in which he looked off, passing back to Donovan Mitchell to pull up and splash the triple. Now, I get it. There's criticism to be laid at JB's feet, and he was questioned about it in the postgame. Ethan Sands, I thought, brought he brought it right to JB's doorstep, and I have that audio for you. JB, just looking at what Craig was able to do down the stretch, we know that he's been fearless. Have you seen him grow, and was there a 
thoughts of putting him into the game earlier with that knowing? Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know it's tough the more bodies you had back to balance those minutes. Um, you know, we've obviously seen what both he and Sam are capable of doing. Um, you know, we've got seven guys basically playing in three spots, uh, and you're just trying to find a balance of giving guys enough run so they can catch a rhythm, um, but then get them out there because you know their skill set. So, you know, it was a little choppy because it was the first game uh, for those guys to be back. Um, but, you know, we'll continue to tinker with the lineups and figure it out and give those guys opportunities. That feels like accountability to me. That feels like he kind of owned it. He he mentioned that they were choppy and it was the first time back to have two of these guys that they just threw into the lineup. I don't think he probably feels good about how it played out tonight. But I will say this, the fact that he kept him in there in the fourth quarter does seem to be a positive development. Let's not forget during that 15-0 run, he could look at that Levert quarter where we came back from 20 down against the Mavericks, and he could use that to justify not playing him in this game's fourth quarter. But instead, with a game in the balance, he left Craig Porter Jr. in there to cook. And hopefully, the more times that Craig does this, the harder it will be for JB to give him the hook because he's the new guy, because Craig Porter Jr. is earning his minutes. Isaac Okoro, while the stat line wasn't loud, I do think there was a moment he ripped off back-to-back baskets, and the manner in which he did them late in the game was big. He had two buckets in the fourth quarter. One, he got the ball in the left corner, put it on the floor, and dunked right with Giannis on his hip. And then, after getting a steal, Craig Porter Jr. threw it out full court, and he put it in on a full court transition layup. We actually had more transition points, despite the fact that in my mind, it felt like we kept handing the ball to Chris Middleton with a runway to the rim. At the end of the game, the Cavaliers did actually get out and run more than the Bucks. But, you know, the shooting, the 40-point third quarter, we gave up to the Bucks, and the incredible game from Giannis, and enough later on from Lillard, and it just, we just couldn't overcome it. But I feel good about the game tonight. And I thought yet again, I thought the first half, we got a pretty solid balance of Donovan Mitchell because I think the biggest question is we've seen the offense, the ball movement, the passes around the perimeter, the good looks from three. We've seen them come into form during this stretch where we've been playing without three starters. And throwing Donovan back in, obviously, his numbers were incredible tonight. But I also thought, I thought we went away from it a little bit in the second half, but in the first half, I thought that we dropped Donovan Mitchell into the offense nearly seamlessly. The difference was just simply that we weren't making the good looks that were being generated, and JB spoke to that as well. You can't tell these guys who put the time in and who are capable uh, to not take open shots. The law of averages, you know, it's going to pan out. These guys, you know, shoot their percentages for a reason. Uh, And tonight just wasn't our night from behind the three-point line. But, you know, again, they were assisted and they were open. So that means we're sharing the game. We're doing all the right things to create for one another. Uh, and we were in the basketball game. You know, having said that, you know, shot the way we shot, uh, it was a tight ball game down the stretch. Six threes, by the way, I shouldn't even have to tell you this, but it was the least threes the Cavs have made in a game all season. Their previous worst was against Portland in that loss that uh, had me wanting to fire JB, basically. But I I walked that back. I'm back in the JB stay of execution camp for the time being. I've been very pleased over this stretch, and I'm eager to see how we can mix this depth and the starters, hopefully in a seamless way to lead to more victories. But silver lining tonight, the Knicks also fell to the Magic. So while the Magic gave themselves a little more breathing room in front of us, we still sit in the guaranteed playoff spots. Sixth seed, 
as it stands now, with a runway to do some damage. The Raptors, the Wizards twice, the Spurs, as pointed out by many, including the Game Theory podcast, of which there was an extensive discussion of the Cleveland Cavaliers today, uh, they have a runway to string together some wins here. So all is not lost. But Donovan back in the fold, Sam back in the fold, Craig continuing to do what Craig did, even though his minutes got jerked around today, and Jared Allen playing all-star level basketball. It does make me begin to wonder. I have said many times, I don't think Jared Allen will make another all-star game. But what would have to happen here for Jared Allen's momentum if he carried this through the entire month of January? And obviously, I don't think it's realistic that he's going to do 30-10 games every game. But if he were to Give us a solid 2010 averages with, you know, anywhere from four to five assists a night. Is that enough to propel him into the discussion, considering center is probably the most attainable position to make an all-star game in the East? It's way harder when you're a guard or even a forward, but he could conceivably get into that conversation. No, I don't think it's likely, but I don't think it's impossible if he continues to be the monster that he's been for this seven-game stretch now. Okay, that will mostly do it for tonight. We're heading into a weekend. I fully know that posting this on a Saturday means barely anybody will listen to it. And lost podcasts do worse. That's just the way that it goes. But like I said, this kind of felt like a win to me and plenty to celebrate. Craig, Jarrett, Donovan's return, Sam's return, Okoro continuing to do what Okoro could do. And if I could get in some shameless plugs, yet again, I want to remind you, I want to engage you in sexual intercourse in a tool shed as we paint a birdhouse. But if not that, at least submit a comment or a question at CavsPod.com that I will incorporate in the next podcast because... My hopes are, fingers crossed, there will be some blowout games that allow for some slapdick in the the podcasts to come in the new year. So uh, let's prepare for that together, shall we? Once again, CavsPod.com, there's a little floating button on the right that says talk to Bob, record a message, and let's kick this new year off right, shall we? So I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Or if you're hearing this on Monday, I hope it was lovely. I'm sorry that you're probably back to work. I will be celebrating my grandmother-in-law's birthday. Yeah, I guess I'm only bringing that up to show you that I am a, I'm a, what a great guy I am. I'm a wonderful husband. Please don't tell my wife I said she's a bad driver. Okay, that's enough. Stop it! This has been another Fear the Fro. It's over. Podcast. That was pathetic. If you enjoyed what you heard today, put it on the highlight reel. Please consider subscribing. Check out FroPod.com for more Cavaliers and NBA coverage. That's what's on display here. It's not FroPod, it's CavsPod. SEO Grift.